Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to I don't know whatever episode yeah, we, this is. We We're just keeping track. yeah, but the Bearcast. We are here. We have a very special guest sitting next to us, uh, sitting uh, very chill. He's having a with his warrior shirt on. It looks like he's having a good day here back in the Bay Area. Uh, we welcome Nam. Hi, uh, good to be here. Uh, like you guys have been trying to get me on for a long time. This is actually only the second time I've ever met either of you guys in person. <laughs> yep. Rob has always worn a hat and and like shades, so this is actually the first time I've ever even seen his face. <laughs> uh, but this is the first time we've actually met indoors. Yeah. Yeah. So glad to be here. Happy to be here. Don't know why you asked for me, but you know here I am. Well, we you want have any an opinion on lots yeah. of things, and All we right. just want people on here. And not a lot of people are willing. It breaks up the talking we have to do. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, let's, oh, this was not a fun week, weekend um, for any Cal fan. Um, I, I literally just laugh because there's no other expression I can give for what happened this past week. Um, Trace or not? Uh, any, any thoughts? I mean, before we go into the specifics. Uh, let's see. I... As a seven-year-old kid, I remember very much looking forward to it, Cal playing Nebraska on the road because Nebraska was this good fa- team, and Cal had all the hope in the world of being good. And I think they got shut out 45 to nothing. It felt like that except about seven times as bad. Uh, for me, even if like basketball isn't my main sport and you know I catch a whole bunch of cra- like flack for that <laughs> all the time... Uh, it was a miserable week, and I know like life goes on and all that stuff. But it, and Nick wrote a really great post this week about not. If you guys haven't read that yet, please go check that out. He uh, reflected following the uh, basketball loss to Hawaii. It's it's things like that that make it a little bit tough to shake this program wide feeling of like just depression and knowing that at some point we're gonna have the football pulled away from us as painfully as possible yeah and just the it's the normal cal reputation continues with the investigations and everything and we're unsure about Konza's future and so on and so forth 
So it's just, it was a Cal. It was a week of Cal. I've compared it to the 2013 season. All of that misery compacted into seven days for basketball. Was it even seven? It's like, it was less It was less. Than it was week, less right? than seven, and then I think we capped it off with Tyson Jolly. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 we, yeah, we like did. Day six or seven. We offered a new kid. No, yeah, but his offer, yeah, we'll talk about that his a little bit. His offer list is yeah, not us. Yeah. Um, the Fighting Larry Birds. <laughs> That's what they should rename Indiana State. <laughs> the Fighting Larry Birds? Larry Bird College for something or other. Hey, but suddenly we are just in that Indiana State market, though, with yes. Zach Klein coming over, offering this new basketball <laughs> kid. You watch out, Indiana State. We are coming for you. We're last, coming for all your recruits. Last time we had a kid from Chicago come in. Stayed four years. He's our all-time leading scorer, and Jerome Randall. That is true. So we should recruit the Midwest. He was also a hero to people five eight. <laughs> the bulldog of Haas. Yeah. All right. He um, was a hell of a scorer. Before we start with uh, before we go on to basketball, let's start with some football. Um, this was a pretty, I don't know. Uh, it was an off off day in terms of football. Uh, with pro day this uh, Friday or was it Friday? It was Friday. Uh, yeah, it was. I don't know what that ringing sound is. Nab is popular today. It's not mine. I think it's yours, Trace. Ah, shit, I'm popular. <laughs> really pro- professional production <laughs> sequence right there, you guys. No, we get phone- we never know who we might get phone calls from. That's why we always keep our phones on. Uh, yeah, um, I have no clue who that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's start with football. Uh, the news that broke, uh, I think it was t- yesterday, uh, Jeffrey Kobrich is now headed to East Carolina University. Yeah, he, we knew he was transferring, but yeah. it was more of a wear at this point. So. Yeah, maybe it was a Coach Jones-type little help situation. Who knows? Um, he, he knew people there, maybe. I don't know. Um, but now he's at ECU. Two years of eligibility left. We'll probably never play him, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, unless we, um, anything where they play the... Uh, Pac-12 in the bowl game? Are they uh, American Athletic or... I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think it's the American. Yeah. Um, I don't know anymore. Yeah. All of this moving around <laughs> conference stuff. I, I played a lot of NCAA football 14, and I move around the conferences, so I have no clue who's in anything anymore. <laughs> I will say, you know, Juju was obviously buried on the depth chart here at Cal. He was most likely never going to see meaningful snaps. Yeah. Uh, but he's a guy who spent a lot of time you know, early in Dykes' tenure when the running backs were struggling to get healthy, he stepped in and he spent those springs and he took the majority of reps. And I think he, he's one of those guys who can leave here feeling like, you know, he gave a lot to the program off the field. He performed to the best of his responsibilities. He just might not have the skill set to succeed, I think, in a Power 5 program. Or at least this staff didn't feel like he was fitting that vision and uh you know as with everybody who who leaves like we obviously wish him the best but it's doesn't make a ton of difference at least for the 2016 team yeah uh the guy the guy loved the school i think first and foremost and he you know he did a lot for the community here as well so i just commend him for that and just uh we send him off with well wishes and hope he succeeds at ecu um so good luck out there on the east coast in east carolina and he's a pirate. That's fun. Yeah, that's true. He's and, a uh, Brian Anger, who signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. 
Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I did not know, yeah. I did not know I that. I didn't even know that he left the Jaguars, yeah. but just <laughs> I, saw that. Well, he probably just was like, look, my house is in South Florida. I'm just going to stick around in the Sunshine State. You know, go get that money, Brian. Yeah, Hunter. he should. He's going to punt them to the Super Bowl. I thought he was going to be uh, their version of Andy Lee, of what Andy Lee was to the Niners. Just, just a punter that, decade. Yeah, just, just there. <laughs> like, no one, no one realizes that he's still there, but he's there. Didn't he get traded to the Browns, though? He did. He did yeah. later on. Later on, but he was he was just a stalwart. Like I can he... tell you that Brian Anker does not want to be traded to the Browns. <laughs> Good guy. Just one of the few friends I made while uh, I was there. On that note, um, we'll move to uh, some spring camp stuff. Uh, they're on break this week. Yeah. Um, spring break. So there is no practices this week. But we, I was there two weeks ago. I uh, did not was not able to make it out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what to. We talked to Gorsi about this a few weeks ago, but we just don't know what to expect in terms of going into this this spring camp. Other than you know the big news that everyone wants to talk about is the whole quant- uh, the quarterback uh, competition. Yeah. Um, but since Nam's here, uh, let's let's get some hot takes from him. Uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, any. Is it is it a hot take if you've been on the record like all off season <laughs> with warm. the guy? Yeah, it's, it's like it's tepid at best. Like you, temperature you, takes. You you I you know me. We do. And you, know, you know me as a guy who who doesn't say these kinds of crazy things for a reason. But it's most likely gonna be Chase Forrest. Now, yeah. I know I'm not out there to watch the practices. The next time I'll be up here is spring game. But you know I talk I talk with Eugene often. Uh, I read what's out put out there while you guys are tweeting practice and. The general impression that I can gather and that everyone seems to have agreed upon is, you know, Chase Forrest looks solid, and as long as you're solid and you can move the ball and you can do a little bit with your legs, you're going to be fine in this offense. So I have no reason, uh, based on these first two weeks, to think that they are going to do anything but start Chase Forrest. I could see Bowers maybe making a run at it, but it's Forrest to lose at this point. He's... He improved so much uh, last year behind Goff, just watching him. His feet got a lot better. He made the throws that he needed to make in practice. It didn't obviously translate to the games because he played in maybe two of them, if I'm remembering correctly, Grambling in San Diego State. But he, he's the guy for right now. Yeah. Um... Let me let me pose a question to you guys. Then we went with a freshman quarterback when Dykes first got here with Jared. If we do decide to go with another freshman quarterback, let's let's just hypothetically say Gilliam blows everyone out of the water um, as the weeks go on, and then he becomes our starting quarterback. Is that a good thing for the program or a bad thing for the program? Do you want to take this first? I uh, sure. I mean, it didn't hurt us last time just because we were kind of at the bottom and there was nowhere to go but up. But at this point, I think that from what I've heard and seen, Gilliam needs a bit more time. Yeah. He's not like Goff. He's not making all the throws right away. But if the fact were that Gilliam were the best, then I see no reason not to start the best. It does shine a bit of a light on your, an inability to develop quarterbacks for a couple of years. But if you have recruited a guy that's that good, then by all means play him. If so, I, I agree with that last point. Where if Max Gilliam is your best quarterback and you've handpicked three or four guys to come through the program already under Coach Dykes, and you end up starting the true freshman anyway, that does signal a little bit of inability to develop. Uh, that's counteracted by the fact that 
Jarrett eventually became like a future top five, top eight pick. Mm-hmm. But that that would be concerning. Personally, if I have the choice, I would sit Max Gilliam this year. Um, if it's close at all and he doesn't win decisively, I would still set, sit Max Gilliam. Uh, I think that does a lot for the lo- position health. Uh, you wouldn't have guys transferring out of the depth chart, uh, which you would be guaranteed to have if you started Max Gilliam. But on top of that, um, just I don't think it's an identical situation. Whereas when in 2013, Zach Maynard left, we had a new coach. We didn't really know what the expectations would be, what kind of traits they were looking for at the quarterback position. And having spoken to some of the people uh, who were involved in making that decision when they opted for Goff over Klein back then, it was mostly down to Jared's ability to be consistent. And now the program, we ultimately didn't know how bad the team would have gotten and all mm-hmm. of the growing pains. So yeah, I think right now, even though we're going through a quarterback competition and there's a freshman who's enrolled early and prominently involved in that, these are not the same uh, because we had guys who we hand-selected and recruited for this offense versus back then they're trying to fit – you know, pro-style passer guys who were recruited for Tedford into what Sonny Dykes wanted. So it, there's there's some parallels to be drawn, but I, I still feel confident. I'm going to say when the Bears head down to Australia, they will be starting Forrest. Chase Forrest will be our starting quarterback. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't think anyone... I, I can't disagree. Yeah, I don't think anyone could disagree with that. Unless um, Rubenzer makes some sort of... Sharp jump or Bowers, <laughs> but I don't see either. Or Klein, who knows? You guys are still on. The, you guys still think are holding out hope. I, I know there's a part of our fan base that does, but look, if you can't win the job at Indiana State, yeah. you are not yeah. gonna come in. No. And this is from the guy who drove the Klein bandwagon the hardest. <laughs> so it, it breaks my heart, and uh, by all accounts and reports, like he's he, I think realizes that too. Yeah. But we're really talking about three guys here. Yeah. It's just great to see him there, though. Yeah. That's the that's the fun part. At least he's just, giving it the old college try. Yeah, yeah. Pun completely intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, you know what? Since since Nam's here too, um, let's go through some of the position groups that were that this spring will be huge for. I mean, we know we just talked about the quarterback groups. Yeah. Is there any other position groups that you guys well, are wideouts? Obviously, we're of yeah. replacing six of them. So why don't we talk about the wideouts for a little bit? Do you? I mean, we talked about this with Gorsi a little bit, but we want Nam's take on it. Yeah. Uh, so any guys that you, from tape that you've seen, them coming out, or guys from the past as well that haven't really played, but that you think yeah. will get into the two deep? Uh, there's three that I'm going to name off the top of my head. I don't have the roster in front of me, but I'm obviously thinking about uh, Carlos Strickland. Yes. Um, Strickland redshirted last year. Uh, I think the report's coming out of fall camp where that he was kind of just getting acclimated to the speed of the game. Even though his body is game ready, yes. he uh, needed some time to just play against athletes that were of his quality and of his caliber. Really excited to see what he does this year. He was obviously the most heavily recruited and most uh, decorated of the receivers in the 2015 class. He was a guy who we were all very excited yep. to see uh, commit to Cal over UCLA. Had to get that shot in. 
Um, and that post, yeah. that post that uh, UCLA, the SB Nation site posted that they got Strickland. Yeah, uh, they had it. Never, never use auto post, you guys. Never use auto Ruins post. Nation is. Uh, oh. I think the biggest insult I've gotten as a writer is that I wrote, I wrote something that was like U- USC against UCLA, and they said that this belongs on Bruins Nation, and I'm glad I didn't read it at the time. <laughs> um, so Carlos, Carlos, uh, Carlos Strickland would be one guy whose development I'm really interested to see. Uh, another guy who I've always been a big fan of is Kanawai Noah. I believe he is out for the spring, yeah. Uh, yeah. recovering with injuries. So we won't see where where he's uh, where he's at, but he's another guy who uh, I have big expectations and big hopes for. Plus, he played a little bit last year. Plus, too, he so. played a little bit last year. Uh, Brandon Singleton. I am hoping he he ended his season early last year, but I'm hoping that with a whole year of strength and conditioning. He's going to come back, and he's going to eventually become what Kenny Lawler looked like. Uh, there's a lot of comparisons to be made there beyond the fact that they have similar frames, and they're just kind of long guys. Um, I think Singleton might actually be faster than yeah, Kenny, too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot faster. Um, so that's another guy I'm really interested in seeing. And the reports so far have been really positive on these three guys. Uh, Jordan Duncan, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Vesey, mm-hmm. and... Well, Stovall. Okay, so four. <laughs> Stovall, and I was going to say Grayson Bankhead. Oh, yeah. yes. I've been yeah. tying Bankhead. So Bankhead no. is a guy who I'm interested in seeing live, especially once the pads come on. Yeah. Uh, because he's he's reportedly done well, and you know the size is a little bit of a concern for me, and I, I know a lot of people will say something very similar about that, but... Uh, if he does turn out to be what he is on tape, he's going to be a really crisp, really smart route runner who will just make it easy for us to dump the ball six, seven yards in the middle of the field and uh, make a clean completion that way. I so mean, I'm, I'm interested in all those guys. Yeah, for, Dunk, uh, for, for Bankhead, the comparison I made, and tell me if I'm wrong, but for me it was like a little bit of a Wes Welker type uh, he just is in the slot, a little bit undersized, mm-hmm. but he makes all the catches perfectly. Needs is where we need him to be to make the catch. And from what I've seen uh, in the two practices that I was there seeing him, so yeah. And if he is gonna uh, play the H, that's the role in this offense that is gonna end up catching eighty, ninety balls, like later on in his career. Yeah. Uh, if he if he pans out the way that we're hoping, I could see a similar role for Stovall down the line too, or more of a kind of. What they wanted Brendan Bigelow to be, which I I understand <laughs> the size the size in this room. Yeah, uh, that was not fun. I don't I don't know, but if you guys really remember the uh, 2013 game against Colorado, where they I think they had moved him back to running back for that game, and he finally did something. Oh yeah, but the defense was awful, and it. Started... You know what I remember from that 2013 Colorado game. Uh, the onside, the accidental onside that they yep. returned for a touchdown. Yep. I didn't even remember Believe. that until just now. It just the image just, just you, popped you try in my to, head. You try to block that those was out. a mis. I was there. I was filming that game, and uh, on one side of Colorado Stadium is their like scoreboard. There's the student section, I think, underneath, and where the cameras are. And second half, it gets windy as hell there, and. Your tripod oh. is blowing around. You're trying to keep everything down no, and everything. The misery. In fact, you took the uh, 
there's like a little catwalk area where some of the cameras are and you specifically said no way that I'm getting up there because I'm going to be blown right off <laughs> but it starts raining and it's I think sub freezing temperatures <laughs> at a certain point and then coupled with the fact that we just decided yeah we don't care about defense or special teams anymore that yeah that's a bad time that was not fun dark days yeah it was a bad year anyway going back to uh stovall and bigelow yes. yeah stovall is that kind of player who can be explosive out of the slot i know against ucla in 2012 when you ran that little uh i think it was kind of like a little swing route out of the backfield for bigelow to score a touchdown there we're gonna be doing stuff like that with him and just Little little things that can get you five or six yards, like you would do with Bankshead or Bankhead. <laughs> Excuse me. I've been calling him Bankshead. I don't know why. I blame Sasha Grayson. Banks. Just call him Grayson. Yeah, that just consistently getting yards, giving Forrest confidence because he'll no matter that he's been in the system for two years, he'll still be a first time starter. He's going to need someone like that, a bit of a safety blanket, yep. and Bankhead can be that guy. Kind of like Sproles was for a long time. Yep. Uh, should we should we talk about uh, maybe one position group from the defense? Uh, any um, of you guys? I mean, defensive end and or just defensive line and and total is replacing a lot of guys like Craig and Jalil, both the Davises. Um, you got Makari who's going to play a bit more. Mm-hmm. You got Cameron Saffle who's going to have to take Craigan's role. We still have Devontae Wilson and James Looney, which yeah. That's they're, a, at they're least, good on the one side, yeah. but we rotate through a lot of defensive linemen. So you're going to need those guys to step up, the Russell Udays, the um, Zionde Johnsons. The Luke Becketts. Luke, yeah. Here he's doing well, though. Yeah. Uh, Luke Beckett has started to see his name flash. It's, it's kind of, if you see a guy from out of nowhere start popping up, uh, on you know Gorsi's feed or as you guys are watching practice you can kind of tell and start tracking who is going to be like a surprise contributor that's something that happened like with Kenny Lawler a few years back and people kind of use that and anticipate who's going to break into the two deep uh, as a result and I think Luke Beckett is a guy uh, who who knew coming into the year that there would be uh, the potential for playing time mm-hmm. um, just as a backseat guess it looks like he's because he came in uh, with the expectation that he was going to play defensive tackle, so he's not transitioning or working on his weight gain or anything like that, but he might be ahead of Uday in terms of like field readiness right now. So that was actually going to be the original position group that I was going to talk about, okay. uh, Trace, but you like <laughs> you, you handled all the he thoughts. Like they're, they're looking for uh, an impact rusher. That's yeah. been a problem with Cal because Cal's like pass rush numbers have ranked towards the bottom of the country. We started Not, real well a season. Yeah, yeah but, but it was like... It was, it was a one-man show by Cragen towards the end of the season. And it also was like almost... Uh, an illusion because yeah. the the soft part of our schedule came first, and when we started coming up against Power Five competition, um, I think we had our best week in like week five with Washington. Our, it was Wazoo where we sacked yeah. Falk seven okay. times. But like as you as you went on through the meat of the schedule, yeah, it got it, it, it just it got really so went down, down. And that was one thing that I was really worried about with the pass rush is like. Okay, we looked good, particularly against both Washington schools, but the Huskies were replacing, I think, three or four starters yep. at that point with a true freshman quarterback in Jake Browning. 
and, you know, we played Grambling. Obviously, you're supposed to look good against Grambling. <laughs> uh, San Diego State, if you can get some pressure against them, you, you know, that's to be expected. So this year, again, like in 2013 and 2014, they will be looking for someone who can consistently generate pass rush. And there's been some good things, some, some hope uh, with Saffle, but that would be the first, the first group that I look at. Yeah. Now, besides the defensive line, I think we're in the rare position of having a secondary that is pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's enough guys who are athletic enough. Uh, there's a good mix of returning experience and guys who are, uh, should make the leap this year in their second year. So the group that I would be interested to look at is the linebackers. In the sense that we have none, um, we have six to cover two positions. A, a lot of a lot of those guys are converted. Uh, we have very limited help arriving. Maybe Jordan Kanazik uh, ends up committing. He's Maybe. supposed to make his decision in the next couple of days. Um, but with only Cam Good arriving in the fall, and two two of the linebackers, uh, I think it's Downs and Anawai are out this spring. Injured. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting time. That's something that I would really look at uh, if they have any sort of spring scrimmage, uh, trying to gauge which linebackers will still be in the mix in the fall. And I'm thinking about specifically uh, Darren Brown and uh, AJ Greathouse. Like, are they just kind of fill-ins? Are they permanent? Do we? And even if the switch is permanent, do we see them make playing on the field this year? Uh, it's just it's a small group, it's a thin group, and with us struggling so much in short yardage situations already last year, um, it's not promising at linebackers. Very troubling. Uh, that's a group that uh, I would continue to track through to the fall. Yeah, and recruiting for that linebacking core needs to go up very very quickly. Yes. And well, it might now that you know Kaufman's uh, taken over. For yeah, the group. now that Kaufman's back there and Garrett Shashere has been moved to uh, running, to running backs. backs coach. Now that we have enough coaches on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Granted, we still have two defensive back co- defensive back coaches. Yeah, but that's working. That, yeah, it that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. That it is. It I mean, is what whatever it is. keeps us from giving up 714 passing yards to Washington State, we'll Ugh. take it. <laughs> I remember writing immediately after that. I was like, you know, we may be bad, but I guarantee you we don't give up 714 yards again. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, not. That was, oh. was one of the weirdest. I was sick that entire day, <laughs> and I, I thought I was hallucinating at the end. I just, that was, that was fun. That was, that was a funny night. Ugh. We've played too many of those games <laughs> yeah. these last few years. We have. Uh, we, we, Trace and I talked about this uh, when the schedule first came out, but for you, Nam, is looking at the schedule, realistically, how many things do you win and how many games do you win, want to win as a fan? Granted, of course, all of us want to win all of them, but okay. what, are, what, would, you be, what would your two numbers be? Uh, I think six wins, six or seven. Yep. Uh, Right now, I think it's much easier to pencil it in and say six. Um, this should be a bowl team. Uh, it's a it's a rebuilding team. You don't just lose an entire two deep of receivers and then <laughs> your quarterback and and the quarterback and just be like, oh, nothing like that. That's fine. No, um, this this is a team that has enough talent to compete in the Pac-12. Uh, they'll be one of those squads. Very, I think back to maybe Washington, the way that we expect Washington this year to, okay. to take the leap forward. 
but last year they had some growing pains and they ended up uh, making a bowl, and, but just causing headaches. That's what I would like to see from this team this year. I want us to be the team that... Spoils. That is the spoiler, maybe beats a team that they're not supposed to. So that's actually... Now that, you're, now that I'm thinking about the question some more, it, it actually gets more fascinating because we all have this expectation for Sonny Dykes that he must beat one of the California schools yes. or Oregon this year. At the same time, this is not a roster that <laughs> is going to make any of those prospects extremely likely. That's just being realistic about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know how to juggle both of those <laughs> demands at the same time. I'm just going to say they should beat a team that's better than them. Um, at which least is, one. Which is something that we've said the last few seasons and mm-hmm. was a real big benchmark for me that we failed last year. Um, I, would be, I would be happy with seven. I think... If this team ends up holding holding steady, you're going into 20, 2017 and 2018 uh, feeling really good, feeling like this program will be back to elite uh, or very, very good if we show that we can not backslide too far following, following off. The worry heading into next year is uh, rebuilding the offensive line. Uh, we'll be losing four, oh, yeah. four starters at that oh. point. I, and I know we haven't even kicked off 2016 yet, yeah. so that, that's like that's a worry that is for you know future podcasts. But it's still there. It's got, looming. Yeah, it's 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 something that's definitely uh, looming ahead of us. So I'm gonna say I expect six wins. I'll be okay with seven, and I'm gonna feel a lot better with the lower total if they manage one upset and or to bring the axe home. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with that completely. I was just thinking about which guys are leaving amongst the offensive line. Oh, so yeah, there's a lot. Granado's gone, Moore's gone, and Brio is gone. And those are four starters, or three at least. Oh, three, yeah. And it'll be Cochran and whoever's starting at either right guard or center. I don't remember if we've moved Granado back to right guard or. Yeah, I mean, what's the deal there? I mean, from what I've what I've seen, Ooms has played a lot at center. He's um, only a sophomore, right? Yeah, so and then they, they did move Granado over for a few of the snaps, too. So maybe that's the look they're going for. I mean, Samisi's staying. He's not leaving, yeah, thank God. I, I could see him playing um, quite so a bit this year. I think he'll be in, in the mix Certainly there as well. big enough. Yep. And same with, uh, it's uh, Marlashawn Franklin, right? Who's the, no, uh, Dwayne, no Wallace. Dwayne Wallace. Dwayne Wallace. God, I... Marlashawn getting... is the cornerback, or the defensive back. I keep getting my guys mixed up. <laughs> I'm... I mean, there's like nine new arrivals, <laughs> so usually you can just remember last year's roster and like be okay until. But this is a different situation because of so many like mid-year enrollees. Yeah, so Franklin, you're, Wallace, you're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know what? One last question, Nam, just to end uh, this, this football. The tepid takes galore. <laughs> You're... I'm very boring, you guys. I swear. I like... <laughs> We're informative. <laughs> We're very... This is this is a fun episode. Yeah. Okay. Your your take and what you expect for Spavital going into this season, or uh, this or for this season, I should say. Uh, I personally think with the restrictions that Cal was operating with, so you know they're not going to change the offense. You know no. it's got to be a guy from the Air Raid family. I was pretty happy to replace Tony Franklin. With Jake Spavital. Um he's not a terrible choice given those those constraints. He's a, a net upgrade at recruiter, so I was very happy to see that. And I think ultimately, 
while the offense will look a little bit different, you'll see a lot of those schematic changes uh, unfold over the course of the year. Uh, we talk a lot about the difference in offensive line play now that they're going to be using the kick slide. But until you until they kick off against Hawaii, or at least we get some footage, you won't. I think most of the public won't really be able to identify yeah. in which ways Jake Spavadol's offense differs from Tony Franklin's. But I'm thinking success-wise... Uh, what I want to see from him is, a, you know, just produce, get decent production and improvement out of Chase Forrest, one. Two, run the ball and run the ball effectively because that is something that we've been promised a lot of. Especially on third and ones. Yeah. Ugh. One of the worst teams in the country in short yardage both sides of the ball. Um, so I want them to run the ball, commit to running the ball, and actually do it Uh Every season, when I went to a like a one of those donor meetings, those booster like yep. events where you get to listen to the coaches, Tony Franklin would always say, "We think we can run the ball. We want to run the ball. We can't run the ball in actual games." So that's probably my standard for Jake Spavital. Mm-hmm. You know, production wise, in terms of points, we should slip across the board. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't get more efficient. Logic doesn't dictate that that's going to happen. If that happens, cool. If we become Oregon South, cool, but I just I'm looking for those two things. I want to see that Chase is gonna be the guy who can hold down the program for a few years, and I wanna see us run the ball. It I just had a bit of a realization how similar football's problem with short yardage situation and situations and basketball's program with free throws kinda intertwine there. Yeah. Just these things you take for granted and yes. you should be able to do. <laughs> like we look at Steph Curry over there and he's making over 90% of his free throws and the highest on Cal is Jordan Matthews with I think 75, se- 75 76. Yeah. 76%. <laughs> I mean, Curry's the best player in the world so it's kind of a hard standard but you know, they're free. No, You shoot like a billion of them. No, I mean Chauncey Billups had a higher free throw percentage than Steph Curry so yeah. Well, he also was a finals MVP. That so is true. Was a finals yeah. MVP. Steph hasn't gotten there yeah. yet. But. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to another part of the football team is uh, all the pros, all the guys going pro. Uh, Trace and I were there last Friday Yeah. Um, to, to watch Pro Timing Day. Um, did you have any impressions from that? Um, one, I'm terrible at hand timing things. <laughs> <laughs> You were also up in the booth. It's it's really hard to... It it wasn't so much of a matter of starting on time. It was more so my thumb kept missing the button to stop the timer. (laughs) So, I mean, I got Treggs's a couple times. I got a couple of Lawler's, Pow's, but that was about it, really. Nam, did you get to watch it on NFL Network? I thought you were going to say, Nam, were you able to be in attendance like (laughs) at 10 a.m. when I'm supposed to be teaching uh, teaching high school? No, better things to do. Uh, Nah. Do you get any looks at maybe any of the clips or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I read the news, so I d- I'm aware of like kind of what happened. Uh, most of the notables that they were there for tested out at the combine, and yeah. I didn't remember reading any sort of significant changes. So a lot of the guys besides Goff were kind of sitting on their combine numbers. Uh, who we're going to talk about in a little bit is obviously Treggs and Powell, the two notable guys on offense who didn't get an invite. Yeah. Uh, to the combine. Personally, I think pro days are just dog and pony shows. Like, you're really not going to see too much no. that 
changes your mind one way or another. I mean, even the throwing stuff's all scripted, so yeah, they, yeah. you know. And ultimately, overall, like, if you're coming down to this point of the NFL, like, draft prep, and you're dis- making a decision based on pro day and not the other hundreds of data points that you already have and that's what you makes you have your... all the film you could ever want exactly and you still have individual workouts left too that you're yeah. going to be calling him so who knows um but let's talk let's talk about yeah. um tregs and power should we start with power tregs um surprise me uh we'll start with tregs <laughs> okay all right tregs uh, unofficially ran a 431 in the 40 uh, granted it was the it was hand the range. Time. The range hand was timing, pretty big. Hand timing can be off yeah. by a lot or a little or not at all. Yeah, I but mean, it's usually towards a lot. Yeah, in the post in the post conference, he did say that you know he told people that he was going to run a four three, and people looked at him all skeptically, and he said he was out there to prove him wrong, and he he ran a four three. I mean, you write like a four three hand time or not, he still gets to hang his hat on the fact that there was a three in yeah. the number. Yeah. Uh, in the in the correct digits column, yeah. um, you know, and, and there's some room to pick it apart, and it'll it'll certainly help, and it's buzzworthy. I'm happy uh, to see that he hit his goal. Uh, I have to eat a little bit of crow because you know I've been one of those guys who's like mm, I don't know, but and I guess to to some extent we still are because we know that that's not a official uh, measurement. But either way, like. I hope nothing but the best for Bryce Treggs. I think everybody knows Bryce Treggs has been my favorite Cal player and Cal representative the last few years. Uh, I do think that his draft prospects were hurt a little bit just because of his size and the position that he plays. Being a good athlete for a wide receiver and mostly playing out of the slot as he did, um, I hope he catches on somewhere. I think this is something Coach Likens told me um, a while back where he felt really good about Chris Harper and Bryce Treggs, even though they didn't have NFL bodies because he said, and I quote about Bryce, uh, he's going to do whatever it takes to make it. Um, and I feel like that's a really good way to, to encompass where he's at. So whatever put aside about the 40 time, like he's, he's somebody that we're all going to be rooting for. Yeah. A lot of things. Trace, did you have any takes away from what Treggs did um, on the... Just, he, if he's getting himself a bit more money than he would have if he hadn't done this. <laughs> Go get that money, Bryce. That's all, that's what his goal was, and he's doing it, so... He put a picture up on Instagram, I don't know if you saw it, yeah. uh, where he's catching a ball, and the the caption underneath, he wrote, uh, if they're throwing money at me, I'm going to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's odd, because you never... Because, as you said, you never see him as a speed guy out yeah, of the slot. exactly. You know? I mean, he had a couple of 80-yard touchdown catches, but those weren't really speed. One was the guy fell, and then the other one against Oregon was the pass got tipped to him. Yeah. So he got to showcase what he can do, and he can return kicks, too, with that kind of speed, and same with Trevor Davis. Oh, yeah. So their stock is maybe a little bit better because of that. Yeah, I mean, if, if Treggs wasn't on people's radars, I think now at least he's on radar. Yeah. Like, he, they're at least looking at him now. Yeah. Like, okay. Honestly, he caught passes from Zach Maynard. That's tough to do. Yeah. Unless you're Keenan Allen. I mean, I'll, I'm talking about all the wide receivers in general, but I was down on the field taking pictures, and, you know, all the scouts are there. They're doing all their timing. The The general gist of whispers that I heard when scouts were talking to each other were they had these wide receivers. Like, that's the kind of gist they were going, because they're looking at the numbers, right? The numbers 
aren't saying a lot because we spread the ball around to everybody. We don't have that one guy catching over 150 balls going over uh, 1,500 yards receiving. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what took them off guard, and they said they they were basically saying these receivers they're all they're all good, they're all different, but they're all good. That was the general gist that most scouts were kind of whispering at each other. Like, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we had one hell of a receiving core. Um, Special group. Yeah, very. Um, this might be this might be number two for me, right under the 07 group, with a with Jordan Hawkins and. Jackson, yeah. right under it for me. It just happens that this one's bigger. Yeah. And they didn't have as much of a running game. Yeah. Because you look back at that group and all the running backs those guys had. Yeah. They had Marshawn. They had Forsett. Forsett. Javid. Best. And Vereen. Vereen wasn't until 08. That's so. true. Yeah, he after Javid left, he was the guy. But, yeah. Um, but let's talk about another one of the wide receivers, Darius Powell. Wow, he had one hell of a pro day. Yeah, you don't. He's a bigger dude, so you don't expect him to run a four three eight, which is what they had him at unofficially. Yeah, he's six four two twenty, and he runs a four three eight, and jumps ten feet in the broad jump. <laughs> That's an athlete that I really <laughs> felt like. Well, Darius did have the the you know good fortune to have his best year as a senior, but he's a guy who I definitely feel like we underused over the last few years. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully he catches on somewhere. There's a lot of intriguing tools with him, but he was a really key part of, for example, playing, uh, of us beating Texas, uh, came up really huge on that night in particular. So best of luck again to Darius Powell. He, he and Treggs had the most to gain, I think with a solid pro day. And those guys will probably, if they don't get drafted somewhere, uh, near the bottom, like they'll probably be a signed very quickly uh, into training camp and they'll get a shot somewhere. Otherwise, I think Tedford's still coaching with the BC Lions. So <laughs> He actually... Is he? Is he? I don't think so. No, he, I, I don't think he is anymore, is anymore is. Yeah. actually. Never mind. But um, you can always go to the CFL. Yeah. I mean, Pro Day was interesting nice. just to see all the, the guys come back as well. Um, Harper was there. Uh, Richard Rogers was there. Um, and of course, our favorite Mike Silver was yeah. there reporting with NFL Network. And Mike Mayock wore a goddamn red shirt. <laughs> Todd McShay um, was there. Uh, that was really weird seeing him walking across. Again, the I think you still should have asked him if he put Nair in Mel Kuyper's shampoo. <laughs> oh, um, and then uh, Hugh Jackson, of course, and uh, Chip Kelly. Mm. Um, that was really weird seeing Chip Kelly on the Memorial. Stadium fields wearing, wearing red. red. <laughs> really Either way, weird. I want to punch him. <laughs> it's really weird. Take your smoothies um, back now, Chip. Yeah, he was talking with one of the scouts of what he ate for brunch. That was really weird. It was really weird standing there listening to that conversation <laughs> happening while Goff was warming up. It was really weird. It was a re- nobody pays attention to you. You got to four medals off the bridge. Uh. Um, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. Then of course the last thing is. Jared Goff's last time throwing at Memorial. I mean, he threw great passes. I heard uh, at the very end. to 69. Yeah, I heard at the very end they dunked the balls in water yeah. and asked him to throw. Yeah. Um, uh, Pep Hamilton, who's the Browns quarterback coach and also yeah. Stanford's former offensive coordinator. Yep, yep. And I think the best line from Goff uh, from, that, from Pro Day was at the press conference. They asked him uh, about hand size again. And he said, I don't know. I think they got the, the tape measure for people with small hands. <laughs> So, eh, 
Again, my hands are eight inches. I went home, measured it last time, and his are nine and an eighth. In an eighth, yeah. That's an like that's... an extra inch right here. That's that's more than enough to throw a football fine. Yeah, uh, but that does it for football. Um, on to um... <laughs> I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to like intro this. This is this is. Uh... Cruel and unusual punishment? Is that what it is? Or is it just usual punishment for it's, a Calvin? It's, it's, it's usual punishment. <laughs> it's cruel, but it's usual. Yeah. It's not quite the Eighth Amendment. Oh, boy. Um, like the seven and a half. So Cal crashes out of March Madness. Uh, the number four seed Cal loses to number 13, uh, Hawaii, 77 to 66. Um, um, we'll talk about the game first before other let, factors that influence this game. Let's just put this in the terms of... Hulk Hogan's theme song. It came crashing down <laughs> and it hurt inside. I thought I thought it was more like a what's it? Uh Stephen Austin's Steve Austin. Steve Austin's Glass Breaks. Yeah, the glass breaks and then the song starts. That's pretty much what happened here. Yeah. Um but I mean Sad just time. just look at this just we'll just talk about this game just for a little bit. I mean the box score Oh boy. Uh Jalen was one of six. Uh, did not make a single three, made two free throws, had four total points. Seven turnovers. And, and five fouls. Uh, Sam Singer also had five fouls, but, I mean, he, he kind of had that little he eight. He tried. He had that eight on, eight and no run by himself that brought us back within two. So that's actually commendable. To, to a one-point game. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he fouled out. Uh, Ivan had three fouls, but he had a double-double with 13 and 12. Five of 11 from the field. Jordan Matthews took the most shots for for us. Nine of 15, three of eight from three. He's the only guy who could make a three. Yep. 23 points, four rebounds. Um, and you ask where Jabari Bird was? Well, he was sitting on the bench because he had back spasms before the game started. Um, they tried to massage him. Uh, I heard uh, heat pack him um, and ice him uh, the entire first half to try and get him to go. But he could not, and if you watched the game, you saw him sitting uncomfortably in the second half on the bench and just grimacing some, every like, time he moved. Need some horse tranquilizer or something to oh. just take out the pain, like and then, ketamine, like Brett Favre used to do. Yeah, and then you look at the three guys that barely played this year, and you look at Brandon Chaka, zero for two, zero for two from three, Roger, zero for five, zero for three from three, and Stephen Domingo, zero for four and zero for two for three from three. At least Roger made a few free throws. He made three free throws. He ended with three points. So you have three guys that went that played eight minutes, twenty six minutes, and fourteen minutes respectively total for three points and three turnovers. That's not a recipe to win. Four uh, fouls and, and four fouls. This was this was a whistle game. Like this, the rest were calling fouls left and right. This entire game. Let's see, forty nine combined fouls. Yep. No one fouled out on Hawaii, though. I'm surprised. No, there were 50 free throws this game. 50. Uh, I, I don't know yeah. what else to say about this game. Um, Nam, do you have any, any takes about this game? Just I mean, the game. I mean, I didn't get a chance to watch the entire thing. I was teaching class uh, as they started tipping off. So yeah. I, I put it on the smart board, and so my class was watching. I had them do a little, like, cute Go Bears-like thing <laughs> that I put on Twitter, but... Uh, you know, peeking up here and there, uh, I didn't even get to watch the entire game, like, focused on it. Yep. But I think when I heard that Bird was out... It's the kiss you, of death. You just kind of knew, like, 
it was going to get worse and it was not going to end up in our favor. Um, we got every, close. Everybody's going to be really disappointed. We did get close. Yeah. Everyone's going to be really disappointed with the way Jalen Brown played. Yep. There's some speculation starting uh, no. around the program that he will return for a second year, mm-hmm. uh, which I think would be really huge for Fingers him. crossed. Every single appendage I can have crossed. Yeah, I think it's more... I, I, for me personally, from what I've heard from him, you know, through the press conferences, how he's handled himself, what he's how he's talked about the school... It's two reasons for me that he would come back. It's one is he really likes the school. He likes going to school. He likes going to class, and I think that might be a big reason he comes back. The second is I don't. I think he's gotten so close to this team, especially that class, that junior class, that he he has that little bit of loyalty aspect to it. Is I can't let these guys. This can't be the way they go out, which would most likely be the case if both Ivan and Jalen were to leave then I don't think this team makes the March Madness tournament next year. Um, and we might make the Vegas 16. <laughs> yeah. The, or, the one below the CBB. Yeah. The CBI. 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 Yeah. CBI. Is, there, is there one below the CBI? That, a, that's the new one that he's talking about. The, yeah. oh, the Vegas, Vegas 16 six, tournament. Do you have to pay to play in that one too? Uh, the CBI, you have remember. to pay to play. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be in the CBI. <laughs> Which I don't. Which is why we said no. Conzo's first year. I see. There's um, also the CIT. <laughs> you know, just any like. <laughs> but I, I hope he does come back. And he does. He deserves better. You know, like yeah. for a guy who we were so excited about, we waited on him for months to to come out of nowhere and essentially snag his commitment. For Jalen Brown, number four recruit in the country, to burn out like this uh we just leave a sour taste i think in his own mouth and he he's a smart enough guy and a perceptive enough guy to know and he he even owned up to it after the game like a large part of why they lost was his play uh you know jordan matthews and sam singer did what they could but none of them can kind of draw the kind of defensive attention that Jalen Brown would have if he had been clicking the entire game. And that trickles on down to how Ivan gets to play, whether or not there's space for him, whether those big men have to step out. Um, We'll say one thing that I was impressed about with Ivan was he was getting the double team and he was making the quick pass a bunch of the times to Rooks. Yeah, he he did Solid. that little dump off pass really yeah. well for a six six eleven six ten guy. Yeah, he. I would not see be surprised if he goes, and I hope he stays. Yeah, I mean, when I st- when the season started, I said, you know what, if any were to come back, I think Ivan would come back and Jalen would go for sure. Now, right now, I think it's the opposite. Yep, I totally think it's the opposite. So, I mean, who knows? Um, but this is something that I will be on Twitter nonstop just to. Over the next like two weeks, just just, uh, sure. just filling up his mentions. Yeah, you still have to play Lil B, Jalen. You still have to play Lil B. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They have not played business. yet. That's right. They have not. Oh, um, but let's talk about some of the other news from this basketball team. The first, let's rewind from the game. Uh, so before the game, Jabari Bird back to Adams cannot play. Two days before the day not, they leave. Yeah, yeah, like. That news broke at like ten o'clock it did. at night. Yep. Half the Cal fan base is asleep at that point, uh, leaving you know you and I and a couple other Cal people on Twitter to like freak <laughs> out and just realize everything burst into flames at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
So, so Ty Wallace broke his right hand, um, uh, and the news broke as Nam said at ten. Uh, the day the day after, um, they said he stayed behind to get it further evaluated, and coach said that the reason he broke that bone in his right hand was because he got his hand caught in a teammate's jersey. Um, that was the reason they gave. So, uh, I I <laughs> the funnier this is a side note, but the funnier thing is I was so. Everything just burst into flames at that point that on Facebook, I, I said, it's, it's over, it's over. And my friends who, who know me, um, they saw that. And as soon as they saw that, they all adjusted their March Madness brackets to Cal losing in the first round. And they all thanked me for it. And I said, I don't, I don't you're welcome, but I don't want to be thanked for this. Don't thank me. You're all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, um. But yeah, it was and then of course a few days before that, Coach Uffnagel fired um, on a sexual harassment charge, and and the documentation of that is just yes, yes. The it makes your skin crawl a bit. Yeah, the OH is it OHPD? Is that what it is? OH OH Office of Harassment and something or other. Yeah, I don't know. It's O something. Uh, but that report is out if you want to take a look at it. I think somewhere you can everyone can find it. Um, and then also, Coach Martin is now under investigation for how he handled the case. Um, One of the main things that there that a lot of people have said is that it shouldn't have taken seven months for something like this mm-hmm. to get done. I mean, the conspiracy theorists are now all out. With pitchforks and fires, right? It's did this news have to break right as the right as the team got announced as the highest seed in this program's history? Um, did it? I mean, it could have been announced before they went to Vegas, right? I mean, what, pe- what people are saying is how 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 does a week or maybe two weeks have made a difference? Um, but you look at the flip side, maybe that's just when the report was done and they just announced it right away. It just so happened because we're Cal. The timing is just that's how it ended up. I there's just a lot of people just they're they're wanting explanations basically, and they're making hypotheticals about why the timing was how it was. You know, with this uh, still being far from decided, you know, Kochiani uh, is going to be lawyering up. That's right. They're still investigating Coach Martin uh, and all of that. I think it's really easy for us with our history as Cal fans uh, to look at this situation and just chalk it up to yet another instance in which we were screwed over by ourselves, gods, <laughs> sports gods. Uh, and the easiest uh, thing to, to tie this to was, you know, Tosh leaving two weeks before National Signing Day. Uh, that you know, there there seems to be always some sort and. The reason why that date is significant is because Eric Armstead had packed up his car and gotten ready to drive to Cal. So if if um, you know if Tosh leaves a few days later, Eric Armstead's already on campus and doesn't get to decommit because he's already attended class and officially locked in as a student. And my point in tying those two things together, even though they're of clearly different magnitudes, is the fact that they are less than ideally timed. Yeah. But I I really want to believe in the way that the legal process played out mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't surprise me for things to take longer than they should at the University of California, Berkeley. Um, just with all the multiple layers of bureaucracy, 
what I will say about this situation is I think it I'm glad the school is taking these sexual harassment lawsuits uh, both by the faculty and the athletics program very seriously um, I think that beyond that um, it's unfortunate that something like this happened and was allowed to happen yeah um, and we'll see what they determine Conzo's role is in this, but to also find out that he's not under contract either. Last week. Uh, yeah. as, of, as of last week, he has no written contract, does make it really interesting as to whether or not the entire program actually just implodes at this point. Yeah. And they just scrap the whole thing and go in a different direction next year. I mean, I was, I was looking at just the timeline, and they said, you know, the investigation took about seven months. So that's if you backtrack, that's like right before the basketball season started, and yeah, I said it started in I think August or yeah. something like that. So yeah, that so would actually, make it nine months. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's right. Or is that is that after they got back from uh, around from the Australia? Time they got back from yeah. Australia. So for me, and this is totally just my my uh, my take on it, and this is no one else's, but my hypothetical is. If, they, if the investigation started seven to nine months ago and Konzo was still not under contract, they might have been investigating Konzo at that point as well if they didn't, if he didn't sign. But that's just my, my personal hypothetical um, situation here. Just because the timelines kind of do match up. Um, I mean, you would think that a coach would have signed during the offseason and not have to worry about signing a contract mid-season. Um, but I like, hope like they held off on yeah because a they because they started this investigation and they wanted to see how that would link up as well, um, and then now the the news of they're investigating cons as well. So for me, the timelines kind of match up. Maybe that is the reason. Maybe it isn't. Um, it probably isn't. I hope it isn't. Uh, but yeah, this was not a good week to be a Cal basketball fan. Wait, wait, wait. There's still more though. There we is still, still haven't more. even gotten to the last part of the week. <laughs> Oh, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Uh, or was this two days ago now? Was it, two, was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday. Was it Sunday? It was. Okay, it was Sunday. Um, Tyson Jolly, our commit from last year. He was supposed should to have be... Been a part of this 2015 He class. should have been, and that would have been a big help if he was on this team. Um, but because of NCAA Clearinghouse, he wasn't able to join the team, so he went to a prep school for a year. And he decommits out of his letter of intent, or he asked out of his letter of intent and decommits from Cal because, uh, and I quote, the uncertainty at Cal. That's what he said in his Twitter uh, Honestly, post. if this all gets cleared up, Conzo resigns, I could see him sit, coming back. back, but I'm not so sure about that anymore. Yeah, I think the the whole thing is that he's, he was closer to Coach Huffnagel than any, Coach Huffnagel was his point man in terms of recruiting. Um, and he was the bag man, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that pretty much capped off was the cherry on top for a whole week of Cal basketball disaster. Um, and I don't know. I mean, for me personally as a fan, having all my Duke fan, uh, Duke buddies look at me and go, uh. just, just look. They just look in my direction. I'm like, nope, no, I'm not having this. Um, and some of my other buddies out on the East Coast are like, man, I had you guys going to the Final Four. And it's like, yeah, I had us winning the whole thing. So um, this was was this was this the worst week in Cal basketball? Maybe in Cal football or not Cal football? Cal sports history. 
in terms of for one program to have this much like bad news? I mean, we've gotten sanctioned before, so I don't think it's the worst, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But short of being sanctioned, this is about as bad this as it is, gets. This is up there with Tosh. This is, um, let's see, what other bad stuff has happened. Yeah, because Tosh was linked, too. Because, I mean, he left. That was that was, a pr- that was pretty big news. But then he took, like, three guys with him, too. Yeah. So that then, then that was the, the later punches. This is up there with 2007 and that Oregon State game, which was the <laughs> biggest punch in the gut I've ever experienced in oh, person. I, I puke in my mouth every time I remember that game. <sighs> Sitting there in the student section. Ah, God, that that whole season is nothing I want to remember except the bowl game. And the Tennessee uh, game. Yeah, Tennessee game was great. Yeah. Uh, let's see, 2001 was not fun at all, but that's a whole different story. Um, 2013 was bad. I, you, you're... I've got a lot of memories of yeah. bad times. I've been to a lot of bad games. But in terms of a seven-day span, was this... You I think you, this don't, is you a, don't get a lot worse than this. No. I don't think you, yeah, you can't get you can't get worse than this. In, you know, <laughs> so. you can have you can have tough losses and compound that with other stuff, but just in terms of sheer like it news just from did top not down, stop. it did yeah. not stop. And uh, you know, hopefully we we move past that. And like, it's hard not to feel disappointed by the way this season ended, considering where we began and what we hoped for and where we even were as recently as three weeks ago. I mean, where we even were Selection Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the hype of being a four seed in, I mean, granted, the the route to the Final Four wasn't particularly easy, but, I mean, no one looked at it saying it's not impossible or it's not, it's impossible. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's doable. <laughs> And then next day, came crashing down, hurts inside. Yep. But at least we don't know Hulk Hogan. I guess it's now $140 million. Has it risen? We're having a better week than Gawker. Yeah. Yeah. How did it go up? Uh, they um, they added punitive damages. Oh, my god. 25 mil in punitive damages. Which, honestly, it's I can see it kind of being deserved, but they owe a, a man with the skin of a hot dog and the... Um, Ah, God, I'm, my words are getting a little mixed right now. Yeah. Kind of a massive racist, <laughs> $140 million. Not even kind of. Racism uh, wins, kids. Yeah. Racism goes over. Uh, the last beat... Just la- Hulk Hogan. He always goes over. <laughs> even when he doesn't go over, he goes over. Like, the last... I, could go, uh, I could give a whole damn dissertation on this. <laughs> Probably so let's could. move on. The last bit of basketball news was... Uh, news today, uh, coach, former Cal and Stanford coach, it's weird to say, but uh, Mike Montgomery is was elected to the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame today. Um, so wow. props to him. I mean, he did have, I think he's in the top 10 in wins yeah. all time as a college basketball coach. The only place he ever Good. failed was with the Warriors. So. Yeah. Those were some dark Those times. were dark warrior times. But they, they turned around right after he left, too, which is... <laughs> Because he, his teams were the ones where uh, Baron Davis just got there, or his last team was where Baron Davis just got there. So they they started their turnaround into the Weebly Warriors at the time, with Captain Jack. Yeah, psychopath. <laughs> I will say Al uh, Harrington. Oh, that's right. His name's Al Harrington. Ike Diogo. Yeah, Diogo was good at uh, ASU though. He was. He just kind of faltered. Yes, ma'am. Um, just 
quick thought about Mike Montgomery, at least on my end, is like I actually grew up because Cal basketball was not relevant at that point. Like I grew up rooting for Stanford basketball. Uh, that's an admission I've never really made anywhere before. No, so I, I, it, I'll second that. I grew up. Yeah, what? like Casey Jacobson oh, and those, God, that like guy those days. No, for me it was uh, Josh, Josh Childress. Childress. Exactly. Childress, yeah, I can get, uh, but I hate Casey Jacobson. With but like passion. in in that in that like time frame, that well, time we didn't frame. all come from like a super cow family. I, like, <laughs> so, like, I still only own one red shirt. Like you were like genetically bred to yeah. hate Stanford. Yeah. But for those of us with less familial ties, like. <laughs> For growing up, like the only relevant college basketball team was Stanford for a long time. If you, if you were born in the in the nineties and you're like ten years old around the year two thousand, like so, I've always had fond feelings for for Mike Montgomery. Yeah. You know, Bay Area coaching mainstay uh, led us to our uh, re- only long time Pac twelve regular season uh, championship. So. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of good things for both schools. Yeah. Not so much for the pro team, but you know, uh, two out of three ain't bad. He did give me my or give Cal my favorite Cal player of all time, and Jorge Gutierrez. So, Just I mean, he had some. He recruited well for us here. Whopper. I mean, not not the recruits that we got this year, but I mean, the Allen Crabs, the Richard Solomons. He got Bert um, Matthews. That's right. He did. Singer. Yeah, Matthews was that was. No one expected him to be what he is right now. He turned Randall into what he became. Yep. Yeah. Just a... So thank you, Monty. Uh, congratulations. Yes, yes. Well deserved. Yes. He's we are a lot happy for you it. and all the golf you're probably playing right now. Now go have fun in your nice house in Orinda. <laughs> uh, and then uh, on to a little bit of baseball. Um, not much, though. Uh, None of us really follow baseball as fervently as we should. Yeah, I, I probably will now, now that it'll actually be on Pac-12 Networks, yeah. since there's no other things to actually, watch. filming things. It's a nice place to watch a game. We say it every week. We do, we do. They're playing there this weekend, too, yeah. against Oregon State. So so Cal is now 11-6 and six on the season, 1-2 in Pac-12 play. They're number 20 in the country. Uh, they won one out of two against Texas Tech. Um, the other two games that they had scheduled out due to rain last week because they played here in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also lost uh, to SC this weekend, uh, two out of three um, at SC. So they play against Oregon State here in Berkeley this week, I believe. Um, and Oregon State's usually a good baseball team. They're the, the number three team in the country. Yeah, so they're good. <laughs> I, yeah, I say most of what I do about baseball out of hearsay and conjecture and guesswork. But it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, there's the guys that are talked about always, and Dalton Jeffries and El Gaucho, Mitchell Cranson. El Gaucho. Just my my guy, Devin Pearson, who's improved so much since he started at Cal. Mm-hmm. So go down and watch. They're worth it. I mean, other than that, uh, there's not much to talk about. I mean, we didn't we didn't get any questions this week. Because um, nobody likes us. Yeah, we got well. We got one question, but I think we already answered this. Uh, Michael Ball sent us a question saying, "Is the sky really falling for Cal basketball?" I think we kind of talked about it. Just yeah. <laughs> it's falling, and there's acid rain. <laughs> but they'll survive. They'll yeah. they'll, they'll get through it, yeah, we'll whether get, it's yeah. uh, by replacing Conzo or not. But um, they they will survive. We're the Gloria Gaynor of sports teams. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. I will survive. Well, as long as I, I know how to love, go to I know I'll yet. stay alive. All right. 
I, I'm sorry. I, every time I hear that song, all I can remember is that scene from the replacements when they're uh, singing and dancing in the in the jail cell. Yeah. That's just and, <laughs> I don't know. I don't and know the why. One pl- the blind or deaf tight end. Yes. Keeps dancing. Yes. 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 All right. Uh, Let's see. That, Is there anything else we want to talk about? There is nothing we want to talk about. Yeah, um, that's... We are heading into the cold darkness of the off-season, yeah. at least in, in the sport that I cover. So. <laughs> we'll make up things to talk about. We'll have to go back into our series of uh, wrestlers as Pac-12 coaches <laughs> and vice versa. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you uh, have any good comparisons that you'd make in that regard? Man, not off the top of my head. You didn't, like, <laughs> like we did zero prep before the show. You handed me an agenda, and you were like, all right, let's go. So no, I was not ready for this. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to come back for part two. <laughs> well, well, more, okay, more. then we'll have to get you back for we'll that. We'll have to get to part two. Uh, uh, when does next time you're gonna be back up here? No. Uh, spring game. Spring, spring game. game. Uh, but it'll be a pretty busy weekend that week. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, a lot I, of stuff. I can't. I'll give you a soft commitment. Okay. I can give you my soft verbal that I'll be here. Is David Shaw the John Cena of Pac-12 coaches? Ooh. Uh, that that's an easy one. Um. No, wait. Actually, on second thought, he is a boring and bland kind of vanilla baby face. So I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say, uh, or, or is char- he Randy Orton? His that? his character hasn't evolved in the time in which he's been the Stanford coach. You get a sense that while he's getting results, you're never as impressed by him as you should be, yeah. and. He makes a habit of winning even when he shouldn't win. Yes. So I like that comparison. Now that you're running it by me for for the first time, I like that. What's the other comparison you've made uh, over the last couple of weeks? Uh, let's see. I compared a lot of dudes with uh, that. Uh, it was uh, Lorenzo Romar's test. That was my favorite one. Because he has a lot of potential. He always gets good guys to come in, but it's never realized, and he's probably going to die due to steroid use. Dark. Yeah. No, there's so dark. No, there's a there's a Twitter account I shared with Rob that's is is Tess still dead? And it says yes every single day. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a great note to uh yeah. to start to start uh, exiting out. Yeah. Listeners. Uh, Nam, we always this is the first time you've been on the show, but we love having you on the show. Of course this is our only second time meeting, but uh <laughs> One out of two ain't bad. Uh, actually, it falls quite short, Yeah, according to Meatloaf. Where can our listeners find you on uh, social media? Well, tw- if you guys don't know where to find me by now, I'd be really <laughs> confused. But uh, you can hit me at, at a guy named Nam. Very active. I'm always answering uh, people's opinions, people's thoughts. I love interacting with people. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess that's that's really the only thing I have to say about that. So just come find me on Twitter, at a guy named Nam. We can find your stuff written on the Cal, Cal web, or the Golden Blocks website, also at... He does type stuff. At calrivals.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, that too. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Just do a search for me, and I'm like the fifth most relevant Namlay. Uh, that's my title. That's, that's, that's my title. That's my title right now. Just, oh, poke, just poke around. Oh, boy. Um, and you know where to get at us. Um, yeah, it, at this point, you have to know where to get at us, really, realistically. If you don't, that makes me sad. Like, how are you listening to this? <laughs> SoundCloud? I, I don't know. They iTunes were like the s- second result if you search for like Cal Sports yeah. or something like that. Yeah, there's one that's like it's there, but they haven't recorded a new thing in like months. We're so. the most prolific Cal Sports podcast. We're the only five-star rated 
podcast and I just granted out of six reviews. <laughs> We've been telling people to keep reviewing us for months and stuff. And yeah. It hasn't gotten us anything. No, but we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get there. Um, that pretty much wraps up our show today. Um, I thought it would be a lot shorter, but... We've been running for close to an hour yeah. now, so... Hot right. takes take a lot. Hot long takes time. do take a long Room time. Room temperature takes, whatever yeah. you want yeah. to call them. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do a shameless plug here because a friend of mine is asking me to do this for her. Um, but she just started a uh, Korean beauty makeup channel on YouTube. Um, I am currently subscribed to this because she needs subscribers. Talking um, about crossing genres. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's Do that's we have in- any crossover? <laughs> I don't I know. I think there are two circles on the opposite sides of the room. I don't know, but from what I've seen from the videos, people really like it. Uh, so if you have if you are into that, if you are a female needing that or if you're a male needing it, who knows? Um, you can find We're it on from YouTube. Berkeley. Yeah, at hello lynn, that's with two n's with a y, lynn beauty. Um, and Please give her a subscription. I think it's a weird thing. She said you need a hundred subscriptions on YouTube for you to make your own like YouTube channel page, like it other than just the static one mm-hmm. that everyone gets. So I think that's her aim right now. So, okay. all right, there's my shameless plug. Um, okay. Do we have any other shameless? Plugs? Do we have any other shameless plugs? No. Of course, he gave a shameless plug for his bearterritory.net last okay. week. It, um, it's half the show. No, we're not. We're not. We're, we're not about that. If you are not about that action, boss, we're, we're not about that action. Uh, I guess all I'll say on my behalf is, you know, if you enjoy me and Mark and you've heard our stuff and, you know, we kind of take it low key. We take it casually. We we do what we do. Uh, and hopefully that works for you. Hey, wow. Yeah. Kind of made it into a rhyme, too. <laughs> wow. Who uh, says you can't do stuff off the top of your head? All right. Yeah, all that all that Drake must have really rubbed off oh, on you. Yeah. You're just making yeah. up rhymes left and right. Yeah. All right, uh, that that's it for us. Uh, we will see you guys next week on the Bearcast. And... We won't actually see you, but you'll hear us. <laughs> yeah. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. You know it. Why you tell the story?